Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from Epicos Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more information about Epicos, please visit epicos.org. Good afternoon and Merry Christmas. And everybody watching Eastside, Sherman Park, Mayfair Road, online, hey, Merry Christmas. We're glad you're here. And I mean this. Uh, You could have been anywhere uh, with your family this Christmas Eve celebrating however you celebrate Christmas Eve. But you have put us into your time this Christmas Eve, and, and we're glad you're here. You braved the cold, and it's really cold, and the roads are slushy, but you're here, and we're grateful for that. If you have a Bible, or if you want to use a Bible in the backseat pocket, you can turn to Matthew chapter 1. And, uh, and while you're turning there, I want to ask this question. When is it really Christmas for you? When is it really Christmas? I'm not asking when you put on the Christmas decorations in your house, because for many of us, that's just free therapy, right? Like the skies are gray, um, it's too cold to go outside, there's so much work to do. And so putting up Christmas decorations is like free serotonin just to get into your life uh, during the winter months. Uh, but I'm asking, when is it really Christmas for you? Is it when the elf starts showing up on the shelf? Is it when that first big snow shows up and you want that white Christmas? Or is it when you start watching those cheesy Hallmark movies, which I feel like they like quadruple every year. There's like hundreds of them every single year. Who's making it? I don't know. Anyways, uh, when is it really Christmas for you? For me, it's when I get to eat those peanut butter cookies with the Hershey Kisses on top. I think they're called Blossom, peanut butter blossoms. I don't know why we restrict them only for December because those are good year round and you guys are just being, uh, you know, cheap or whatever. Um, Uh, When is it really Christmas for you? Because for many of us, Christmas hinges on how we feel. When does Christmas feel like Christmas? I remember the first Christmas during COVID, many of us were saying, you know what, it just doesn't doesn't feel like Christmas. And whatever it means to have the Christmas spirit, for the past couple years, it's been hard to find it, right? But what is Christmas really? If I were to give you as biblical of a definition as possible for what Christmas is, I believe Christmas is about God coming to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Christmas is about God coming to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Everything else, the trees, the lights, the movies, they're fun. They're fun byproducts of the hope, peace, and joy that comes from God coming to earth. But for many of us, When we think what makes Christmas Christmas, if we're honest, I'm not judging you, it has nothing to do with Jesus. We don't think about Jesus when it comes to Christmas. Have you ever noticed that uh, no one has ever said, hey, keep Christ in Easter? No one's ever said that. No one's ever said, remember the reason for the season is Jesus in Easter. Like no one has ever questioned what Easter is about. Like Easter is a top tier Christian holiday. It's like super about Jesus. No one forgets that, right? But for some reason, Christmas, though it has Christ in the name, can be lost in us and we forget it's about Jesus. Christmas is a hard time for a lot of us. You are out of your routine. You are painfully aware of how much money you do not have. You have to be around people, usually family, that sometimes stir up difficult emotions and feelings. And it's the end of the year, so it forces us to think about our future. And for some of us, the future is discouraging. So this time can be really rough. So maybe all the things we try to do to make it feel like Christmas just isn't enough. Maybe God coming to us in the person of Jesus is actually the solution for our Christmas blues. 
And, uh, and maybe the thing to make Christmas, really feel like Christmas, has been in front of us the entire time and we've been missing it. So what I want to do is I want to read to us a, a short passage from the book of Matthew about the Christmas story. And I believe if we can understand what was going on here, it'll make Christmas feel the most like Christmas. Matthew chapter 1, starting verse 18 through 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she, has, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the word of the Lord. Matthew doesn't give many details about the birth story of Jesus because Matthew is a guy, right? When you ask a dad and you ask a mom the birth story, the dads tend to be a little bit more concise, right? He doesn't, uh, he doesn't give us much detail. Jesus was born, they named him, they left. That's kind of the whole story going on here, right? We don't know how many hours Mary was in labor. We don't know Jesus' height and weight. They went into Bethlehem pregnant. They left with a baby. But with this narrative and what we know from other accounts is that Joseph and Mary were in a difficult place. This is the first time we meet Joseph. And what we know is that he is engaged to be married to a woman who he finds out is pregnant and the baby is not his. And so quickly we find out that he wants to leave her. And now to be fair, Joseph is actually trying to be merciful. Quietly divorcing her is the nicest thing he could do for her in that time. And the excuse that the Holy Spirit got you pregnant is a hard excuse to believe, right? Even after Jesus was born, who will believe that she got pregnant by a miraculous conception by the Holy Spirit? Mary is going to be judged by everyone for years. And Joseph is going to be mocked for staying with her. Who is going to believe Joseph that an angel told him to stay with her? This is a hard situation for them. So in the midst of it all, Joseph and Mary probably felt isolated, worried, scared, and confused. They would have every reason to be full of anxiety that first Christmas. But after the angels comforted both of them, that the child in the womb of Mary is going to be the savior of the world. They are, Joseph and Mary are to connect the promise found in Isaiah to the miraculous child that's gonna be born in Bethlehem. And so I think it'd be good for us to understand what is the context of this promise and why does it matter for Joseph and Mary that this baby is Emmanuel and how does that affect us today? So you don't have to turn there, but Isaiah chapter seven, where that promise comes from, is, about, is, is focusing on a king of the southern kingdom of, called Judah, and that king is King Ahaz. And King Ahaz was in a difficult situation. King Ahaz had these two nations that wanted Judah to partner with them to fight against this giant empire that was basically conquering the entire Middle East at the time. 
And Ahaz did not trust those two nations at all and did not want to partner with them. In fact, he wanted to team up with a larger empire that was trying to conquer everything. It seems that King Ahaz wanted to be associated with the power and might of the giant empire. And this was going to be very bad for the king and it was going to be very bad for Judah. So the Lord sent the prophet Isaiah to King Ahaz to encourage Ahaz to trust in the Lord, to not align or partner with any of the nations and believe that God was going to fight for Judah, that God was going to care for his people. Isaiah told Ahaz to, to ask for anything, ask for any sign that you can dream up and God will give it to you to show you that he is going to be with you. But Ahaz didn't ask for a sign. He didn't care that God was offering him an opportunity to be with him. What Ahaz wanted was to trust in the presence of human power more than the Lord's power. And man, isn't that all of us? Like when things get stressful, when the weight of the world is on our shoulders, when we are afraid and worried, you and I run into the presence of power, people, and things all the time. When we feel alone, we, we want to comfort ourselves with a man or woman to be by our side. When we feel anxious, we want the comfort of a strong drink to soothe our nerves. When we feel sad, we eat comfort food to make us feel some type of joy. We always try to self-medicate and resolve things for ourselves. When it got difficult for Joseph, his first thought was, I'm going to divorce her. Like it would be easier for me to separate from this woman than to walk with her through the messiness of what's about to happen. And for King Ahaz, he wanted a sense of security that came from this giant powerful empire as opposed to having security from the Lord. So though the king rejected the Lord's help, God still wanted the people of Judah to know that God was with them. And so despite their king's failures, God still sent them a sign. And that's where we get to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. It's a very special word. It's Hebrew. It's, it's, it, the first phrase of that, Emmanuel, is Hebrew for with us. And El is short for Elohim, which means God. And so most literally, this name, Emmanuel, means the with us God. The sign in Isaiah's time was to show that though their king has failed and rejected the presence of God, God is still gonna be there for Judah. And for Joseph and Mary, this name is a, more than just a fulfillment of promise. It's to tell Joseph and Mary that the with us God is with them. For all the hardships that they were facing and they were going to face, the with us God was with Joseph and Mary. When we put human withness where God withness belongs, bad things happen. I'm gonna say that again so we all get it. When, when we put human withness where God withness belongs, bad things happen. When we seek to put other people or other things or ourselves as solutions to problems only God can care for, we end up sabotaging ourselves. Well, King Ahaz wanted the security of power from another nation, the most powerful being in the universe was saying, I'm here, let me be with you. God's presence is better than any other presence. So why do we accept poor substitutes? When I was a kid, 
I would get easily distracted at Walmart or at Target because they have an electronic section. Have you been there? It's fun. Free video games and things I can't afford, right? And all these electronics were super cool. And so the moment I would enter into a Walmart, I sprint to the back middle because I knew exactly where it was. And I would look at the wall of TVs and all this stuff. And, and, and I would just like be in awe and just dream of if I had this Xbox, if I had this PlayStation, if I had this stuff, how much fun it would be. My mom had a very distinct voice. So even if I lost her, if I just shouted for her, I would know where she was. So I would never really get lost in those big stores. But as you can imagine, as I'm over there in the electronics section, there would be other kids with me who don't know where their mom is. And so we get afraid and then we get scared. And I've seen kids get separated from their parents in a grocery store or in a Walmart or a Target. And they begin to get overwhelmed and anxious and they start to become afraid and they start to cry. And what do they do? They just sit down in the aisle and just cry, cry out for their parents to come out. So imagine a child who's sitting in an aisle crying because they don't know where their parents are and around the corner they see a shadow of who their mom is. And, they're like, and, they, and, they, and they get that joy and excitement. And that joy and excitement isn't because they see a shadow, but they're excited because of who that shadow is connected to. You and I are so fixated on the shadows of Jesus, we miss Jesus himself. We fixate on the gifts of God more than the gift giver. We turn to everything in this world that God has made to satisfy our souls when the only thing that can truly satisfy our souls is God himself. And this is why Christmas is about God coming to us in the person of Jesus Christ. We don't just need to know and believe that there's an intelligent being out there who holds all things together. All religions believe that, but it doesn't help us. What good is it to believe that there's a higher, bigger being out there if they're indifferent of our issues and our problems? What we need to believe is that God is with us in our day to day in the boring parts of our lives, in the good parts of our lives, and most importantly, in the hardships of our lives, we need to believe that the with us God is with us right now. What makes Jesus coming into our world so unique is that it is not us trying to reach God, but God coming down to us. Joseph and Mary didn't need to know that God was near. They needed to believe that God was with them. How often have we been in a public setting with hundreds of people, thousands of people, but we still feel alone? Everybody's on their phone doing their own thing. It's amazing. We can be surrounded by people and still feel alone because even though people are near us, it doesn't mean they're with us. But God doesn't just want to draw near to you. God wants to be with you. You can have the presence of God with you right now. And the way you do that is by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. Our sin has separated us from God, and that's a problem. But God overcame that problem by sending us his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. When you submit your life to him, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. And what's awesome is after Jesus resurrected from the dead, he promises that he will always be with us. And the way he's always with us is by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Hebrews 13.5 says that, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. But that's in our English Bible translation. So, so if you were to go into the original language, you realize that there's a bunch of double negatives and triple negatives. So a more literal way of that verse would be, I will never, never leave you. Never, never, never will I forsake you. Right, But grammar is different in Greek. So the, the negatives don't cancel each other out like they do in English. It serves to emphasize even more what God is not going to do. 
And so if I really want to translate the text, what it should be translated in English, it should say, there is no way at all that I will ever leave you. And there is not even a chance that I will ever abandon you. Or if Taylor Swift wrote this, she would write, God will never, ever, 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 ever leave you or forsake you. That'd be a fun translation. Yeah, you can clap to Taylor. (laughs) Here's the point. Jesus is the with us God, and he will never leave you. Uh, not, Not on your worst day, never. And if you have put your faith in him, you can have confidence that there is nothing in this world that will separate you from him. I'm gonna wrap up my sermon with what I believe is gonna be the cutest sermon prop ever. Oh, hey, buddy. So this is Elijah. And though he looks like me, he's not my son. We're just two handsome Afro-Latinos freezing in Milwaukee together. Um, He's my godson. And so his parents are Amanda and Lenore Dickerson who attend Mayfair Road with us. And and one day Amanda brought Elijah over to my house because she wanted to to hang out with me and my wife. And um, she asked if, uh, if her and my wife could go to Stone Creek. And if they do that, if I could watch Elijah and I said, of course, I'm El Padrino, right? I'm the godfather. I, I can watch my godson, no problem. So they, they left and I put on Spidey and his amazing friends and we had a great time until it wasn't. And he started crying and I started bopping him around, trying to comfort him and console him. And, and eventually it did. Eventually I got him to calm down. And then uh, all that bopping caused my bladder to bop and I had to go to the restroom, Right? But I realized, like, what do I do? Like, can I just lay him on the couch and let my dog watch him for a few seconds while I go to the bathroom? Like, what do I do in that moment? And by the way, I didn't. I just held it the whole time because I was scared. I don't know. Um, then my mind started to wander. Like, this baby demands constant attention. Like, if, if you don't feed him, he doesn't eat. If you don't carry him, he doesn't go anywhere. And so the weight of that kind of blew me away. Now, some of you parents right now are rolling your eyes. Like, you just now understood that, right? Hang with me there. Why did God come in the form of a baby? Like, he could have come down like Superman. He could have showed up as a king demanding everyone to bow down. But why a baby? Because when you pick up a baby, they're always there for you. They are completely accessible and completely vulnerable. And, uh, For Joseph and Mary, the responsibility of having to take care of a baby was exactly what they needed. The constant attention and focus on this baby was literally for them to have a constant reminder that in the midst of their fears, in the midst of their insecurities, in the midst of the hardest moments of their lives, God is with them. They were literally holding and hugging the with us God. Though you may not have baby Jesus with you, during this Christmas season, there are ways for you to practice the presence of God, to remind you that God is with you. The the roads are icy and and kind of gross right now, and I would encourage you, when you drive home today, send a quick prayer. The Lord, protect me and my family as we drive home or wherever you're going. And then when you get to your destination, praise God, thank him for the safe travels. 
when you have dinner today and you bless your food, or tomorrow morning when you have a Christmas brunch, if you will, uh, when you bless the food, you're not making the food holy or more sanctified. What you're doing is you're reminding yourself of the goodness and the graciousness of God in your life. And that's practicing the presence of God. And if you have a baby and uh, you, the baby starts to cry, or you have to change his or her diaper, take that moment, even when it's two in the morning, as you care for that baby, to ask God to watch over them and to protect them. And that there'll never be a day in their life where they don't know and believe that God loves them. By doing those small things, you're reminding yourself of the presence of God and you're reminding yourself that the with us God is with you. And I believe if you do that, it will never feel more like Christmas than right now when you remember that the with us God is with you. The with us God is with us today and he's with you. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're good. And I thank you for little Elijah. Pray that you protect him. You raise him to be a healthy young man. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that there's not a day in his life where he doesn't know and follow you. That, that right now as people everywhere are praying for him and when he gets older and he can pray for himself, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that he comes to a saving knowledge of who you are and he knows and follows you, Lord. I pray for all of us. As we can get lost in the shadows, sometimes even the distractions of Christmas, help us to remember that you are with us, that you are the with us God who desires to be with us today, now, and always. And there will be never a time that you would want to leave us or abandon us. As Joseph and Mary very much realized after the birth of Jesus that you were with them, help us to know today that you are with us. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Yes, that's in my prayer. Amen.